This is the 1984 Flyer Die Podcast. Yes, we are here for another episode of the 1984 Fly Die Podcast. I would say what episode number it is, but knowing me, I'm probably going to forget and say the wrong number. So let's just say it's just a good episode. Let's keep it like that. Okay, so today's guest I have is a woman who is multifaceted, multi-talented, and just all around cool. I can say the word cool here. Yes, indeed. <laughs> My name is Aaron Amell. Um, if you know her, then you're definitely, definitely going to enjoy this show. So funny. Yes. What an introduction. Yes. <laughs> Listen, she is a, it's a term that she coined, and I hope that my, uh, that my education in life doesn't cause me to mispronounce it. Was it mompreneur? Mompreneur. Oh. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Mompreneur. It encompasses like everything that I am. Yes, indeed. Everything. Mompreneur, and she's also a self-love healer, and which is why I want to have her on the show today. Because Thank you. We're in the world now where a lot of negativity seems to be ever flowing from every single pore and orifice in this crazy reality that we have. Whether we talk about politics, which is not. Going to be discussing the show today. Not at all. I get enough of that stuff on Twitter, Facebook. I block it, actually. That's, and we'll talk about that's that how you on do the it. podcast. Yes. <laughs> so I can learn how to block it. Right. Why keep sending me stuff? I don't care. No. Exactly. Yeah, it's just, like, let's go home. You know, but like, so we have, we're going to talk about that and just the life experience as well. Because there's many things I wanted to ask you, but I feel like this is the perfect time to do so. So our first question of the day is, what is self-love? I guess it just totally depends on who we're talking to. But for the sake of this podcast, we're going to go with my definition of self-love. Self-love is the complete, open dialogue and relationship you have with yourself, Um, filled with all the amazing things that you want out of a regular relationship with someone else, but you just kind of like pour all of those things into yourself. So there comes honesty, there comes uh, support, there comes camaraderie, there comes companion, you know, there comes empathy, there comes um, just everything that will go into an, an additional relationship that you are pouring back into yourself. And that, I don't know, I guess... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. I was about to start answering something else. I was like, wait, he didn't ask me that. So you, you did mention one thing in your definition that caught my attention, and that was honesty. And as a human being who's trying to better themselves on a daily basis, right. you notice that being honest with yourself can be quite the obstacle. Yes. And let me tell you how I found that out today. We were watching a clip on YouTube, and... 
I'm a weird one. I watch a lot of weird videos. And in this video, it had some information about people, and I was studying it. And then one of the, the things that came up, it says, like, an average of 60% of adults lie in, within a 10-minute span in the conversation. And I was so disappointed. I was like, you know, it, it was one of those questions that asked you to guess. And I was like, 30%. I'm hoping 30%. Like, a 10-minute conversation is really not that long. So I'm just like, Wow. And then they said they did a study where they recorded people they didn't know they were being recorded who were just telling stories or recounting stories, and they watched, you know, the tidbits of information change. And when I was thinking about that on the way here, actually, I was just like, damn, it's so easy <laughs> to lie to someone else, making it exceptionally easier to lie to yourself. And when we lie to ourselves, we don't tell ourselves good things about ourselves. We lie to ourselves and, and feed into all the negative things that we hear in the outside world. And we face that into ourselves because I guess that just a complete lack of self-worth. Like, you know, like we walk or we idolize other people, other things, other accomplishments. And sometimes when we turn that mirror, that scope on ourselves, we feel like that it's not fitting or we're not doing enough. And I think that kind of like projects into the thoughts and the conversations that we have with ourselves, which in turn come out completely false, <laughs> and they are complete lies. But that's like, it, it shocked me. I was just like, wow, we can't be honest with anybody else. If 60% of us within a 10-minute span are lying to other people, how, how much of that time are we spent spending lying to ourselves? That is insane. Insane, right? just like, dang. You know, something as simple as, you know, you ask yourself a question, am I hungry? And you may be hungry, but you have so much to do in your to-do list. You'll tell yourself no, just so you can make it to the next appointment, to the next thing, or no, I can hold off. No, your body, you stopped and asked yourself, were you hungry? For a reason. (laughs) Feed that. And it's okay to honor that and say, okay, I may be a little late to where I'm going, but at least I'll have the nourishment and the capacity to actually handle these exchanges when I get there. I don't think we think of it that way as much as performance is just like this top level thing that we're supposed to exceed, but nobody really knows what bar is set when it comes to this expectancy. See, now that you mentioned that in terms of what we do for ourselves, lying to ourselves, and I feel like a lot of times we lie to ourselves to benefit other people who are around us whether it be family, whether it be friends, whether it be our bosses at our jobs, you know, coworkers. Right. It's just uh, just one of those things that I had to understand for myself that I was often overextending myself for other people just to make them happy so I wouldn't feel like I was disappointing anyone. But were they really happy? No. And number two is like, how can I honestly, how can I honestly gauge someone's happiness because I'm doing what I think they wouldn't think they think that they would like me to do for them. Completely. I get it completely. It's just like, how do I even know that you're happy if I'm not really being or acting in my full capacity self, I'm doing whatever I think will make you happy. But lo and behold, me actually being could be really what makes you happy. So we spend a lot of this time thinking about what other people want regardless if they say it or not, again, that internal, that lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, they're not going to be happy with me if I act this way. So I'm not going to act this way when I'm around them. But this is truly me. Even, you know, taking it one step further, sometimes, like, go to a personal experience around my mom. 
You know, if I know around her, I can't be as free as I am around my friends. She knows I'm holding back. You know, like, there's just something about it. She's just like, Aaron, what's going on? And I'm just like, I don't want you to be upset with how I'm feeling right now. And she's like, don't worry about me. It's not about me. Your feelings are your feelings. Honor those. And I kind of like, you know, I'm worried about something. You don't even care. <laughs> you know, like, of course you support me, but you don't care as much as I thought you would. So I'm holding all of this in. And all this self-doubt comes with that. It's like, oh, if she sees me upset, she's going to think these things of me or she's going to feel like, you know, I'm emotionally unstable or this and the third. And it's just like, no, you're having a bad day. It happens. And I'm just like, yeah, you're right. It does. So I know there are many people out there who, do, who suffer from self-doubt. Completely. And, you know, we have these examples we see all the time on social media where we see stories of certain, for example, like certain women who feel like they have to, like, alter their appearance just to please a certain guy or their peers. Right. And you see the entire, like, storyline going down with them being being more miserable than they were in the first place. Right. You know, whether it be because of how they dress or certain occasions, they're, how they're built. Right. Anatomically, right, and they're like, "Oh man, I have to go to the gym. I have to do that all because so, so, yeah, all this pressure, and it causes us to be like walking time bombs, walking grenades, right? You know, and you're applying all this pressure on your daily. You're even, you know, I've spoken with numerous sister circles, especially over the the topic of like body positivity. Mm-hmm. That's what I call that message of just spreading forth like this overall sense of kind of like, this is my body, it's present, it's beautiful in any condition it is, and appreciating that because it's always going to change. That's one thing my mom told me when I was little, this body you have now ain't going to stay the same, you know? And it's a loose idea that I've just held on to, just appreciating the now. So when I hear other women, you know, go through the projected body issues, especially because of social media, and you see a, like a dozen Instagram models and they all look amazing and all this great stuff. I mean, great. You see, that's an image that I guess before you actually saw it as obtainable, you know, you idolized it. And that was something that sat in the back of your head. And now you see it and you see someone's living it and you're, you're feeling like, okay, well, if she's living it, I should be able to do it too. It turns from this small infatuation with like inspiration to kind of like this obsessiveness that comes with the self-doubt and because truthfully speaking I'll never be a 26 inch waist ever (laughs) I never was never will be it looks good when I see it on Instagram you know I'll shout sister out and give her a tap you know give her a couple fire emojis but I know myself and I know like okay I will never be a 26 but have her this 32 you know, it's going to look real cute on the gram today. And I'm going to be proud and uh, happy about that because whatever it is that I'm looking for, whatever affirmation or, uh, I don't know, just representation that I'm looking for, I just know that I have to put that out there in order for it to feel normalized with other women to feel comfortable for it. I kind of like, I feel, it wasn't even on purpose, but I feel like I've taken a leadership role with at least showcasing, okay, your body changes. I've always been a really naturally expressive woman, especially on social media. I feel like the female body is an art form. And before I had my son, um, I was I was hot. <laughs> I mean, I'm still cute, but yes. I was, thank you. <laughs> but I was hot, so I, 
you know, one of those things, if you got it, flown it, <laughs> you know, so I definitely did that. And I felt like I was doing myself a complete disservice while enjoying being that open, free-spirited, and then feeling like, okay, now that I have these stretch marks, or I'm a little thicker than I ever was, that I'm supposed to, like, you know, be, all of a sudden be this, like, whole covered maiden and not express myself. Like, no, my under my boobs get hot, too, and I wear crop tops. And you're just going to have to get some of this tummy. Like, it's it, it's perfectly fine. And then after a while, you know, you just walk down the street, you compare yourself to other people. It's just like, wow, she has a great sense of confidence. And, you know, she's 300-plus pounds, and she's absolutely beautiful. And, you know, you're just kind of like, okay, well, my life is not that bad. Look at me. I'm absolutely beautiful. And I just feel like that is just a universal language that just keeps on speaking a sense of confidence within yourself and just, like, really wearing that as a billboard and it speaks to other people louder than me telling them you need to love yourself you know like just li- living by example is what I call it I'm gonna tell you something right now What's up? <laughs> as a uh, as a man um, I had to learn a lot about that but in terms of watching what I said and understanding the power of, of my words right? because of course I grew up during a time when, like, the video vixens yep. were at the peak. the peak of it. The peak. We're it was everywhere. Everywhere, like the early 2000s. Yep. And I remember when they, they were going through different phases. They were like, you had sisters, but then they had, like, Flavor of the Month, it would be, like, Latinas. And then we had Jet Magazine, Beauty of the Week. Yeah, you had you all know. this. And so I started to think at one point in time that beauty, my definition of beauty had to be like what I saw in these magazines and in these videos. So I started to kind of, it kind of, but it backfired though, because I see these women, right, in these videos, in these magazines, right. and I'm like, okay, cool, what kind of guys they like? Right. Like me, come on, bow, what's up? Right. Five, five, short guy, what's going on, right? <laughs> what's up? Right, but they were going after a certain look of a certain guy. Regardless of his financial status. Yeah. You know, so, or what type of businesses he had, you know, it was all whatever that image was to sell. Yeah. Yep. And I fed into it to a point that I kind of lost touch with what true beauty was. Right. So it took me some time because I was going after these certain looks of women and I'm like, okay, cool. I bet. Yeah. (laughs) And it was so, and it was so, it was bad for me. Because I wasn't getting what I needed. Completely. You, you think you see what you want, but what you want is not what you need. Right. So it wasn't until I started to meet women who weren't of the stereotypical look right. that I started to discover what true beauty was. You know, um, you know, I even dated women who were who had those issues, not feeling like they were beautiful, but I would see them and find complete utter like per- beauty. In yeah, them. like it's why I'm here. Right, and I, right? I, I got found like per- perfection in them, even when they didn't see it themselves. I I understand that, especially because in my last relationship, that's that was one of the things that I wanted to say broke us up. I felt like. Okay, well, since we were talking about social media, 
I had this thing. I didn't really care. I wasn't really jealous, you know, up until this point where I realized all of the pictures and things that he was liking and screenshotting off of Instagram, these women didn't look like me. So at this point, I'm just like, okay, how are you attracted to me? And I don't look like that. And then in my mind, I'm hating these women, you know, because secretly I'm idolizing their body. And I'm just like, dang, you know, what does this do to get this, this, and that, regardless if it's real or not, you know? And I'm just sitting here starving myself on Pinterest, saving fitness, you know, meals, at home workouts. I got a six-month-old baby on my hip trying to, in my mind, keep the attention of someone that, hey, I felt like you should see the beauty in me. I didn't necessarily feel unattractive. I didn't feel unattractive until I saw those things. So, and then they, they came with no explanation. They weren't just like, hey, I think all women are beautiful. You know, like, it was just kind of like, you caught me. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, well then, you don't find this beautiful anymore, then I guess I have to find it beautiful, because what if it doesn't change? You know, I could work on something for the rest of my life, but what about if this body that I had, you know, six months postpartum, if it never changes, I have to accept it because what I'm going to do is sit in the same space in this dead relationship over and over and over again? No. I have, I have more life to live, so be done with it. All right, you know, like Shush Mars says, somebody out there that do. You know, that's kind of like how I had to handle it. <laughs> First of all, off, off seeing the streets referred to them now as tiger stripes. Tiger stripes, yes. I'm a fan of like Yes, yeah, that's a nice, <laughs> nice exotic feel to it. But it's, but it, pretty much. I feel like people are just have a, a certain fear of what's naturally made, you know, in terms of who they are. Because we don't see it anymore. Everybody's not everybody, but a lot in the media, it's acting. Like right. they're entertainers, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're here to be entertained. So that's what they're doing. They're people who sit in offices like this and they curate someone's complete look and sound and feel to mock <laughs> big groups of people to be in support of them, to, to aspire to be them, to go out to buy the brands that they wear. That's essentially what influencers are. And I just decided to use my platform to influence people to be their true and authentic selves. I can't be anything else and um so funny this is how I knew I was making waves I just recently got an email yesterday actually on Thanksgiving uh from somebody from the flat tummy tea and fashion Nova mm-hmm. brand wanting to send me merchandise to talk about it and promote it on Instagram and as you see all the like you know models insta models and stuff like that they are posting the flat tummy tea you know promoting Back. this whole idea yeah, you know with the empty cups <laughs> nobody's drinking it so, but I was just like, where, in my case, I'm a work from my mom, mompreneur, mm-hmm. and I, I could use that money, but the integrity of my brand and things that I'm building, I can't do that. For one, I'm going to promote body positivity and then drink a fitness tea. Mm-hmm. Granted, I do drink detox teas, but they're safe. I have no idea anything about this company. They could sell me anything because they're trying to sell a product, you know, and I have built my following organically over the last six years, and I'm not going to sell them a product for a check. I'm just not going to do it. So I have not, up until recently, my Instagram isn't even promotion-based. I just share my art, (laughs) share pictures of me and my family, and just try to inspire people by living by example. I think that's why everyone gravitates towards you. That's cool. Because I've seen just your presence on Tumblr, presence on Twitter, and presence on Instagram. Tumblr. Tumblr, yes. 
because uh, you had the, the name was a goal to actually stays. Yes, I still have it. Yes. I've had that Tumblr for almost eight years. And hopefully God, is it Bruhabe? Yes. Yes, Bruhabe. Well, I pronounced it correctly. It. Yes. <laughs> so I've been working on that pronunciation. Yo, I have been telling you. Bruhabe. Bruhabe. So I see you have all these things and you share yourself, pictures of yourself, um, your thoughts. And it's important that we have people like you with platforms that you have so that other people are able to appreciate themselves more. Thank you. Because we're in a, we're in a space where everyone won't jump into the pool at the same time. Right. You have to see the one person on the side, and it's like, who's going to jump in? Who's going to jump in first? Who's going to go first? Right. right. Someone says, put the toe in the water. Ah, it's not that cold. It's actually pretty good. And they jump in, but everybody starts jumping in one by one by one by one. And, you know. Somebody has to take initiative. Exactly. Somebody just has to get tired. I got tired. I, I went through a crazy depression after, you know, the end of my breakup where I was just like, damn, I can't keep anybody's attention. I was like, wait, I can't keep my own. I'm too busy trying to change. I'm too busy trying to switch things up and this new diet style, this new fad and change my hair just to enlist the, the attention of someone else. And I was just like, but what attention am I seeking? Mm-hmm. I couldn't even figure it out. Like, do I want romance? Because then the romance would come up, and I'm like, oh, I don't want, I don't want to deal with that. And it's like, I didn't have any problem getting sex. So it wasn't sex. That's not what made me feel unattractive. So it's like, okay, if I'm still meeting people who want to date me, and in my mind I'm feeling unattractive, then it has to be my spirit. It has to be something that I'm projecting that I can't just, like, shake right now. And the only way that I'm going to, you know, get through is to actually dig in. So... Opened up like my chest cavity and started peeling back the layers of things. And it, it, things went back all the way to stem from my childhood. You know, didn't even think about it. You know, abandonment issues that you even walk into a relationship projecting at the first sight of something. You know, we react to trauma. So regardless of in the moment, if you felt like it was traumatic for you in the moment, 10, 15, 20 years from now, somebody you know or you meet could reenact something that just triggered your response from all the time ago, but without healing it, you're going to respond the same. And these cycles continue. That's why some of us feel like they're, we're on the same rat race that we've been on since we can freaking remember. And it's because we're still making the same decisions as we've always been making. Something else has to change. And it's always us. But that in itself is how revolution started. Right. It was the one person who, was, who became tired with how the status quo was, and tired with how the rules were made. Right. So they decided to change things. And a lot of times you have to do an internal change to spark the outer change. Right. So I've seen so many beautiful women that I've idolized and get in the same space with them and hear these horror stories of what they feel about themselves. And I'm sitting there in tears. I'm like, yo, sis, I think you are the shit. <laughs> You're the, you know, the most absolute dynamic person that I know or that I can think of that does these things and look at all these amazing things that you do. It's just like, how is it that I can see all of that and that you can't see all of that? And then that kind of like turns into them looking at, well, I'm looking at you the same way. You know, so we both are, and the, both of those parties are holding each other accountable to see the best parts of themselves and kind of like transform within, from within. I think that's dope for women to have that. Right. But when I say this, uh, next statement is not to be exclusionary at all, right. but I feel like that's very important also for women of color to have because there seems to be a bit more of, um, of a resistance for women of color to be able to love themselves like everyone else 
loves themselves right. in terms of how the images are. Or you know? how everyone else loves black women. Right. Right. Us loving ourselves as much as everybody else loves us. Right. And also breaking down between what real love is versus those who try to fetishize right. what they see. Trust me, I'm familiar. <laughs> comes with, you know, with great coverage, comes with them great territory. So, you know, everybody, there's good and bad on that social media stuff. I get people from all walks of life, some people who completely understand my activism and, you know, leading by example, and some people who completely try to tear it down, you know, daily or fetishize. So, you know, just like really use the space negatively or just to over-sexualize. It's frustrating, but I think once, not I think, I know, once I started applying the practice of self-love, I've been able to weed those people out and see them for who they are and block them. That's my favorite thing to do. Block them, block block them, block them, block them. Block 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 <laughs> Right. That's how you got to do it. Gang, gang. <laughs> so um, I want to go back to one thing you mentioned because it, it kind of springs board into another area. Sweet. But it still circles around the theme of self-love. Now, the internal change. The idea, I think, for me, internal change occurs within people when there is a strong identification with their faith or spirituality. Right. And I view you now, I don't usually make assumptions, but my, what I, I usually use like spot on with certain people when I, <laughs> when I see things. And I see that you are a spiritual woman. Very. A very spiritual woman. Now, the term of Bruja Bay, right? And on, you have a, uh, a collection, you have, you have apparel, Yes. Um, various themes on there. Um, of course, one of the, the quotes I'll say later on, but for this instance, you have a, a shirt that says, Got Buheria. Yep. What is that? And more so, how has that helped you to navigate through life and to be a better lover of self for you and to apply that to heal other people? Very good question. It's so funny. Every time I do an interview... I'm always like, this is going to come out. <laughs> and um, in short, there are some things that I can talk about, some things not. So let me try to piece it all together. Got Brujaria. Okay. Um, or Brujera. So Brujera is basically the practice of, if we want to go back to the term, it's the practice of like uh, witchcraft. Quotes. <laughs> but in the sense of actually using elements in old practices from the earth that are passed down through ancestors to heal and guide, using as a healing guide for your life. So it's not, you know, well, now all the time, is it cauldrons, you know, mm-hmm. like frog tails and all of those great stuff and rabbit root and, you know, all of that crazy stuff. However, it is just a sense of no and a heightened sense of awareness with the tools that I came here or that I was given once I arrived here, my spirit. Um, so what I wanted to do was unlock the power that all women, especially women of color, because the line is more so geared towards women of color. It was one of those things that put out that if you're familiar with it, we're like a little coven. If you're familiar, <laughs> this is for you. And um, it was definitely to unlock the power that I know that we all possess as women of color, You know, just in, just in our melanin. And um, it's just a, a reminder of, like, all the trials and tribulations that you experience in your life 
the core value of them, which are intuition. These are things that you're born with that only you can exercise and that only you can show to yourself because it's all around you. You know, it's just being having a sense of awareness, having a sense of like sisterhood, having a sense of just knowledge with herbs, with the world around you and having a great deal of compassion um, for yourself and for others. And in that love, it's just kind of like how we use everything to kind of like, you know, heal ourselves. I feel like we're all healers, you know, when you're sick and you feel like, you know what, I need some tea and I need green tea, I need some lemon, I need some honey. That's a spell, you know. That's something that you decided that my body needs this, my body's craving it, and you can heal yourself. It may take some time, but we all have that time to do so or at least to work on it. And um, the whole Bruja Bay idea came about mixing in my spirituality with my sensuality. So, you know, Bay was just like this whole new thing on social media where everybody wants a Bay. <laughs> and, you know, Bay is this, Bay is that, and Women Crush Wednesday. And um, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to be my own little sense of magic Bay. You know, like, I, I, I got all this magic tucked up in my, my, my bra. You know, I got some magic tucked up in my purse. I got some juju sitting at the house. Like, you know, I walk around with my crystals. I walk around with my Florida water. I'm ready to sage anybody who comes my way. <laughs> like, you know, don't bring that. Don't bring that over here. And just kind of like smoke anybody out your life. Smoke is very purifying. So if you're trying to clear any bad energy, light some on fire. You'll be all right. So um, I just use those practices, old ancient practices, in my daily practice. If I need to burn a piece of paper or something I'm not feeling right now, self-doubt. In a safe spot, lighting a flame. I'm releasing that back into the universe, okay? I no longer want this. It does not serve me. It does not serve my higher purpose. We could remove it from my life, or at least for today. And that's just a daily practice that you continue to add little tidbits into your life until they become second nature. Um, habits are formed every day. You know, it's just with a schedule, you paying attention, timeliness, paying attention celestially, you know, knowing when to make things official, when to make documents, you know, sign and seal, you know, not during Mercury retrograde, just being really aware of the world and the space that you occupy and using it to your advantage. Some people call it magic. I call it a resource. There's a question I have for you. Da-da-dum. Mercury in retrograde, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. How real is it? But the reason why I say I asked that question, because some people I know I had or dealings with in the past have tried to like blame Mercury being a retrograde for like, for why they did like crazy stuff. Try not to use, I won't use the word crazy, but like outlandish. it was. Yes, that's what, yeah, yes, outlandish and outrageous. And like, yeah, oh, I'm sorry, Mercury's a retrograde. I'm see, like, see, see, see. Now that is a cop out. Thank you. And that's one thing that I, I want like people to know there's a difference like it, people also use cop outs with their horoscopes so they're like oh my god I'm an Aries I'm supposed to be a fiery bitch I'm just kidding not all Aries are fiery bitches but <laughs> but you know like that's what they um like to just say but when it comes with Mercury and retrograde I feel like that more that more so explains communication error Mercury is the planet that rules communication and technology so you'll notice during that time our 
appliances will act out, blow out, your phone won't be charging, your charger will break, you know, like car accidents are really heavy during that time. It's just this real crazy static. I just feel like it's just like some weird magnetic, like disconnect, you know, from between Mercury and us where it appears like it's going backwards. But because it rules communication, I do see people sometimes acting out of character. You know, I've seen it to me. However, once you're aware of certain information, you have to do better. Like, you know, like, okay, Mercury's in retrograde. I understand communicating is going to be a little harder now. I can't just bash the window to his car. Like, you know, because he's not answering his phone. Oh, wait, maybe his phone is broken. Let me just give him a minute. You know, like, it's one of those things that you also are trying to get your mind and your head and your actions together. However, you have to be aware that everybody else is going through the same process at the same time. Mm -hmm. You're not the only one worn out. (laughs) Everybody is. So you don't want to add to nobody else's, and nobody else is really trying to add to yours. It's just static. That's what I call it, white noise. White noise. White noise. Everything's like, shh, no. I like that term. (laughs) If you use that term, please credit the lady here who said it. <laughs> Static white right, noise. White noise. Right. Trademarked. Du-du-dum. So I have, I have a question for you now. We um, discussed your sensuality, right? Now, I feel like there's a, a bridge that exists between sensuality, sexuality, and spirituality, right? Mm. Holy Trinity. Holy Trinity. Now, okay, this might be a shot in the dark, but I feel like you may have the, uh, the keys here. You know, word to college. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a major key. Major key. Uh, is that what's behind the idea of the divine feminine? Yes. Wow. Okay. I was, I was shooting in the dark for that one. My God, I feel good. <laughs> yes. I feel, all right, awesome. I would definitely say, yep, because we have a baby-making we have our love, our compassion, and what was the last one you said? Um, oh, sorry, sensuality. Sensuality, yeah. sexuality. Oh, spirituality. Yep. Yeah, and we have God slash the woman. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That was amazing. Let me use it. Yes. Credit. Credit. <laughs> you know you heard it here first. Yes. It was being used. Do not tie the jacket. I'll put it on a T-shirt. Like, I know some people Right, some people will. Or maybe I won't put it on a t-shirt. You should, because, hey, <laughs> I'm not going to put on a t-shirt, you know. <laughs> right, I ain't going to do it. I, I ain't going to do it. You should do it. So, speaking of which, because now you have your t-shirt. Actually, no, not just t-shirts. Um, I would say your your clothing line, because you mm. have, like, there's t-shirts involved. I saw there was yeah, a leotard boutique. involved. Yeah, your boutique. boutique stuff. Yep, um, it's like Aaron Amell's shop with... P-P-E dot yes. bigcartel.com. Yes. Yep. Man. Shop for two peas. Two peas. Two peas. Yes. Me. The vitamins my smoothie this morning are kicking <laughs> in. That's what I'm talking about. B12. Yes. And what's the other one? Ginkgo something. Ginkgo biloba? Yes. That was always I'm starting to take, but I'm taking it now. And I'm, I'm just surprised at the fact that I remember it was ginkgo. So it's working. That's how we do it. <laughs> it's working. Take your vitamins, y'all. Yeah, health is wealth. Yep. That's actually one of the names of my T-shirt. Your health is your wealth. Now, how did you... I read, actually, I read in an interview that it was, like, accidental. Everything in my life is accidentally great. 
Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Divine timing. But no, um, I started my business after my son was born, which is after I was approached online by this publishing company to publish my book. They're like, hey, we like your writing. You want to publish with us? I was like, oh, shit. Somebody likes my writing? Uh, yeah. So... Her writing is dope, by the way. Thank you. I mean, thank you, cut thank in, you. but yes. Um, I, so, which was the woke book. I compiled this manuscript in like, you know, 36 hours. They were just like, yeah, we need this. Come to find out the company was BS. So it tanks on its own. Mm-hmm. But there were a couple other people that I was friends with on social media who were signed with them too. So I thought they were actual reputable company. Well, come to find out. Oops. It's all good. <laughs> come to find out. Um, they weren't. So now I had this manuscript ready to go, and I didn't know what to do with it. So I just decided to pull up my G-string and um, print it myself. Went ahead went and did that. I sold a couple copies. A lot of people were giving me feedback of their favorite quotes in the book and some of the favorite quotes in the book. I just started writing about on Instagram and expanding on the idea, and boom, there it went. So one day... With the Your Health Is Your Well tea, one day I think I just wanted this shirt in my closet. It's one of those, you know, basic black T-shirts that say pineapple juice, yoni eggs, kegels, and good juju, which is kind of like this this ode to womanhood and womb wellness. So um, I wanted it in my closet, and I, I, I made it, <laughs> and I wore it. And I'm talking about all these Instagram posts, these new tarot cards I bought. I'm so excited about these tarot cards, and nobody gives a shit about my cards. They're like, where'd you get that shirt? Where'd you get that shirt? Oh, my God, that shirt's amazing. And I was just like, oh, this little thing, I made it. And they were just like, oh, my God, could you print me one? I was like, yeah. Didn't even know where I was going to print. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, printing's expensive. How much? Uh, how? Like, what? So um, this is back during the time all your social media is connected. So I stopped that. You get spam now. <laughs> but I sent the Instagram post to Facebook. And an old friend of mine, she was like, hey, I just started a t-shirt company. I can print those for you. And I was like, oh, sweet, cool. I need 12. And she was like, oh, perfect. 12 turned to 50, 50 turned to 100. Then we're at 200. And it's just been flowing ever wow. since. It went viral. <laughs> a couple of upstarting, uh, I think they're pretty big. Like Crown Magazine ended up taking a snapshot, putting it in there. Magazine right before the holiday got before they uh, debuted last year. We did really well after that. And then I was able to, once I started making money there, expand the business and the company. So other quotes and stuff like that from my first book, Woke, ended up printed on a T-shirt. And then next thing you know, I have a whole store. And I'm like, whoa, this is a lot of work. <laughs> this is a lot of work I did not sign up for. But I'm playing catch up. Okay, so cool. my business has been running two years. I'm forever, I'm, I'm thankful. A friend of mine reached out to me today, and she was just like, I'm so proud of you. And I'm just like, thank you. It's hard. She's like, I know it is. That's how I know. Like, I'm so proud of you. Like, you're still going. And I'm just like, I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. Like, I got a little man who's counting on me. So right. I'm just so thankful for the opportunity for the platform because it wouldn't have gone anywhere. It wouldn't have, I wouldn't have even known how to jumpstart anything off the ground without the support mm-hmm. of strangers. Thousands and thousands of strangers. I've sold over fifteen thousand T-shirts. Like, wow! Right, like it's it's been amazing and international mm-hmm. wholesale orders. Some people keep having in their stores. Some people are reselling them themselves. And I'm just feeling so lucky, really, just to have an idea that other people instantly connected with when they saw it. Like I never thought that. I, I thought I was going to be the only one. 
you know, one of those things. I was like, yeah, I want this shirt. It's cool. Other people were like, no, that's really cool. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I got one. Take that to my exes. Yeah, here you go. Good times. Also, uh, quick excursion. Want to shout out to your homie in the corner right there. Your sister, <laughs> you know what I mean? Knock off that snack yes. over there. You know what I mean? My assistant Cassidy is here all so, the way from New York. In New York, out and here. She comes and she loves on me and helps me ship packages. Shout out to you. You know right? what I mean? Because that's how the family works. Yep. I see you now. I'll be working like Oprah and then she won't have to work a day in her life. That's what I'm working for. That's how you do it. You know that's what I mean? But the meanwhile, let's kick back and enjoy that snack. Right. Too, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's dope because I mean as far as your your writing because I love you know I love writing you know that's Ooh. actually how we connected yes are you talking about my writing yes yeah this this was a long time ago folks. I know years years going years so cool. back before I was doing podcasts or even thinking about it you know it's you know it's dope to see your growth from from writing to you know, having your shirts, this internet presence, and you know, you holding holding down your 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 son who has made various appearances <laughs> on social media. Um, He's famous. He is famous. Siri is cause, famous. Because Siri has this one picture that's famous as hell because everybody's like reblogged and retweeted, <laughs> and she's doing it right there. That's right. Oh, the chakra stones. Chakra stones. Yep. Chakra baby. He's been calling chakra baby all over the internet. Kim Porter. Like Diddy's baby mom, she even mm. like reposted him. I was like, ooh, he made it. Diddy seen That's this right. picture. Cause you know, Diddy don't let go of his like ex. So, you know, he checking that picture out. Look at Siri. <laughs> Can't stop, won't stop. Uh-uh. Right. Uh-uh. right. Bad boy, take that. Bad boy. <laughs> Aligned boy. Yes. Take that. But no, it to the point that picture actually was absolutely crazy. I did not think That's the thing. All of my successes have come from me not thinking, just doing. There was something that I, I pinned this tweet on Twitter where I was just like, you know, I stopped requiring myself to be good at things and just did them. Right. Because everybody's always asking me, how did you, how do you do this? And how do you have time for that? And I'm like, if I sat down and tried to manage all of that on my own, I would never get anything done. Not the way my mind works. I can't think and act at the same time. I'm kind of fearless or really impulsive in that way. It's just like, I'm a jo- ooh, that's not a good poem. Oh, well, send it. You know, like it was just one of those things. It's just like, okay, worst case scenario, somebody hates it, but it's cool. We have that in common, you know? (laughs) So I don't really have fear over putting out projects or putting out work because it's not for anybody else. It's more so therapy for me, just kind of like release. But the one thing that I do um, just uh, appreciate just about that mindset, it just allows me to always monitor my growth. And it's like, okay, if I wasn't comfortable with this, then I can look back. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. Always look back and just like, okay, this is what I would have preferred to do. This is what I wanted to do differently. And holding no regrets to that because I kind of like, all right, just keep growing. Just keep growing. Check it off and keep moving. It's a lot of things in this world to worry about. And inaction is definitely something to worry about. So if you feel inactive, it's because you're not maximizing all of the opportunity that you know, even if it's subconsciously, that you know that you have access to. So it's just like, I'm not doing enough. And sometimes it's just with the application. So you need is just the energy just to do. It kind of reminds me of back when I was in school and teachers would tell, like, my mom doing, like, like parent-teacher conferences. Like, <laughs> my grades would be fine. Right. But they want to let me do more. Like, his grades are good, but he has so much potential. Right. And in fifth grade, I'm like... What do you the hell's potential? potential? Right. I'm doing the work. Yeah, I, like, got, I got a B plus in English, man. Right. But it was like, okay, cool, but you can 
you're capable of getting it in the right. right. Doing more. And I think that's been like one of my issues in life is like I get whenever I feel like inactive, mm-hmm. like I just twiddle my thumbs, look around, like I'm doing something. Yeah, but what? Can what? I do? Right. But what? Right. So the first thing you think about, you can start working on it. Sometimes it's literally just research. You know, a lot of things that at least start in my life, I've always been swallowed in the how. How do I get started? And sometimes it's literally just asking Google is your friend, Virgo stuff. Yes, please. <laughs> like, use you know. It. I use it all the time and all. So how do I do this? How do I do that? And sometimes it's just reading other people's accounts and their own, like, you know, testimonies. And I'm like, okay, all right, I think I got this. And then you build a sense of confidence within yourself. And you don't, you're not looking to produce something for other people to like and to enjoy when you're just learning. I think that's another thing that I feel like when it comes to, like, talent or putting things out there. Everybody's looking to have a finished product and it'd be perfect when they put it out. Perfection lives in your mind and it's a plague <laughs> and I battle with this daily like I, I try to aspire this be you know this perfect mom this perfect woman this perfect whatever and I know the perfection perfection doesn't exist it's just whatever my expectations are of it but I have this quote in my first book it's like hearts break under the weight of expectations which there's no way that anybody's going to be happy when you have them accepting acceptance is something that I'm learning and applying to my life now, within the 27 years that I've been alive, it's been one of the hardest things for me to just sit and say, okay, this is the way that it is because this is the way that it is. And accept, acknowledge, okay, if I don't like that, let me change and alter what I can change to make it for what it is for me. And just leaving all the other pieces where they are and realizing I don't have to change or try to get anybody else or anything else to change to accommodate me. Just, it may be a little bit harder, but I can do it. You know, like I can do it on my own. I can think about these things. I can challenge myself. And I will be okay. Like, you know, like, it's, it's so layered, man. <laughs> so layered. It's, a, it's chapters. But the, work, but the work is so fruitful. What? It's so fruitful. Like, there's, once I started pouring into myself, like I said, I had more space in my life to actually hand, mentally handle my business. Mentally handle, you know, my two-year-old. Mentally handle the breakup that I was experiencing. Mentally handle, you know, moving out and transitioning into single motherhood of my own. And the weight of my world didn't seem so heavy at that point. And it's just like, okay, you put in perspective for you. Okay, gratitude. Other people have it worse. There could be worst case scenario. This could be happening to me. And it's not. And then you have the space to see your blessings, your hard work, your gratitude. Just start to pile up around you and it's just like because you're not focusing all on the negative things or the inaction you're you're being progressive even if you have to physically be still like you know the work is always happening but it's definitely fruitful pays off it does pay off see now i want to go back to your creativity a quote that you said (laughs) because i feel like this quote truly captures a lot of what's happening right now in terms of the perception of women during this time. Like, you know, we see again, you see what's going on in the news today. Right. You know, you hear these people sharing their experiences and their stories, whether it be like the hashtag Me Too. You know, or say if a woman does has a certain profession, she may face ridicule. Right. 
But if, you know, of course, double-edged sword, because if it's a guy who does it, it'll be fine. Right. Right? So, or at least not in the media. Not in the media. Right. So now here's a, th- here's a quote that I have that I wrote in my own writing, and I'm glad I can read my own <laughs> writing, because back in the day, that may not have been <laughs> the case. So let me read it to you in a voice clear my throat. <clears> throat. This is a, a professional thing here. I pick up my notebook, and I read it like this. <laughs> I kind of want to use a British accent, but I don't, I don't want to do that right now. Because <clears throat> this is real. This is real life right here. Okay. <clears throat> it is impossible to shame a woman who is unashamed. That's it. Nice little dramatic pause in the end, right? right? In scene, right? Scene, right? In and scene. there's more. No. Right. It is impossible to shame a woman who is unashamed. Indeed. Whew. I can't even tell you how much of an impact that quote has made on women that I didn't even think it would be that impactful. There are women who have reached out to me and said, you know, that it's given them the courage to leave abusive relationships. It's giving them to the courage to, you know, pick up video work or, you know, just to leave sex work, you know, like, or just feel confident and they can change or reroute the course of their life based on some of the decisions that they made in another space that they are not ashamed of. But society puts these impossible, invisible shames on us that feel like these giant weights and stuff that we walk around with carrying in our chest, that we act out in anger towards other people who we feel like believe these things. And it's like, of course, you can't know my secret because if you know my secret, you'll use it against me. And if you use the secret against me, then I can't do X, Y, Z. You know, it's this intense cycle of anxiety and fear of just being yourself. And I just got really tired. <laughs> That's really what it is. A woman gets fed up and she fed up. But I, could just, I just got tired of feeling shame around even life experiences that I've had within myself. Like, you know, when I first moved to Philly, I was dancing, like, you know, like not like ballet and stuff, but like, you know, adult entertainment dancing. And that was just a means to survive at that point. But then you start building a platform. You're like, OK, what about somebody no- learns that about you? And does that discredit all the work that you're doing now? It shouldn't. No, Maya Angelou. <laughs> exactly. You know, and that's one of the biggest inspirations in my life because she Mm -hmm. was able to not only change the course of women she said okay if you're going to do this Mm -hmm. we're going to do it the right way you're going to be protected and this is how you should armor up this is how you should suit up this is what you need to do to protect yourself this is how you remain you know clean safe and etc etc and I'm like okay you can't change other people's decisions you know however you can give them the keys to be able to endure until they reach the other side. Some, for some people, these things are phases. Some people, they just want to experience. Some people, it's just all that they can do. It depends on whatever the experience is. Like, you know, some people are even shamed for eating meat, <laughs> you know? So depending on, it, it's just, if you like it enough to do it in private, you should be proud enough to do it in public. That's just the way I, 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 but I completely understand, like, you know, society, there's just a time and place. You're not going to go into the corporate world, you know, talking about BDSM, your kinks. I I get that. (laughs) However, only because sexual harassment in the workplace is just not a thing. But if you worked in a space or environment, if you're working, like, I guess, in a sex shop or something like that, and you know you guys are having talks and stuff like that, you can't. And then there's nobody judging you in that space, you know, because everybody got their thing. So it's just like, 
the confidence that you produce or how, how well versed you are on the subject or the topic that you're defending. Like, you know, like if I feel like I'm having a conversation with someone that feels like they're ashamed of something, I'm going to be like, do you believe what you're saying? Like, you know, why should I believe it if you're not even willing to sell it to me on why it's the thing for you? Not sell it to me to, to change my mind, but no, I voted for blank and I'm happy about that because these are the points and this is the reason, you know, this is how I came to that conclusion, blah, blah, blah. All right. And I'm unashamed. Duly noted. <laughs> you know, I know where to place you and just kind of like keep moving. But I just kind of feel like that's just what we were talking about before the podcast. Um, we started recording where we said that um, you were looking for this term or this word to kind of like coin this idea whenever somebody's acting less than themselves. Like, you know, it's just kind of like to ignite some type of self-love into them. And I feel like that quote is one of those things that does that. You know, when I a woman is saying, I'll be scrolling on Instagram. I get a notification. You know, she posts a cute selfie, and in her selfie, she's like, it's impossible. Shame a woman's going to shame. Ain't nobody going to da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, you go, girl. Like, you know, because nobody could talk to you this way or something about the barista made my coffee wrong. And, you know, they had a guarantee that, you know, they'll make it right. Mm-hmm. You better be unashamed about that. You know, the Senator, just by understanding what you are owed in this space, not carrying lower because you don't feel like you want to cause, you know, havoc or speak against the masses or things of that nature. I just don't, I live without fear because when I die, they're going to say whatever they want about me. So I'm just going to continue to give you the story straight while I got air in my lungs. So there's no way that you can change my story because you heard it from the horse's mouth. That's the way I look at it. Yes. 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 See now, um, with all these things we discuss, the idea like of self, even just going down with self love and the line opposite, like self hate. You know, again, I'm earlier because what she's referring to is that uh, me and a friend of mine had a conversation earlier today, and we were just going back and forth, and I said to him, "So I wish that there was a phrase I could say." Like the song um, from the New York and Soul album from like back in the late '90s, and the title was um, "Black Gold with the Sun," which was actually it was actually like a remake of a song from back in I want to say the '70s. I'm forgetting who made it. You know, I would Google it right now. Right. Because wait a minute, I will Google it right now because you mentioned Google. You know what I'm saying? Right. As a resource. Right. As a resource. Let me see. Um, but I, 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 I feel like I know who is who is by. You know what I'm saying? But I want to, you know, play myself. You can't play yourself. Indeed. <laughs> Unless I was on a movie. You're unashamed. True that. <laughs> Unless I'm in a movie saying I'm, I'm Mike playing Mike. You know what I mean? Only time I'm playing myself. Right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, hopefully that, that didn't come <laughs> off corny as hell. Unless you're Kanye. And then you'll be playing yourself all the time. Yes. By being yourself. You're just playing it. Playing play myself. I love it. So the actual case of the song was by a group. Wait a minute. Really? Because <laughs> this... Okay, now wait a minute. The reason why I'm like tripping out right now is because allegedly the song was by um, a group called Rotary Connection. Hmm. Now, okay, Rotary Connection, if... Okay, wait a minute now. Because I, I will play the song here, but I know that I might get jacked 
You know what I'm saying? But like, pull, have my whole episode pulled down because I played like five seconds of it. <laughs> right. I am the black girl. Clack. <laughs> Where's my episode at, man? All right. So. The right. So, let me see. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yep. It's a business. I get it. Okay, so yeah, so this is um, Black Over the Sun, um, released nineteen seventy one, and the group was Rotary, Rotary Connection. Now, if I am correct, and I wasn't, I wasn't mistaken, Rotary Connection featured one of my favorite singers of all time. Do you know who that is? Who? Yes, Game Time. <laughs> Tell oh. me. All right, ready? Here's the hint for you. I'm not going to make it easy. All right. Uh, so my favorite, I say this thing all the time on this podcast, I don't care. So one of my favorite soundtracks of all time is the Love Jones soundtrack. <gasps> the Love Jones. Right? I got a Love Jones. Old school joint. <laughs> so Trina Broussard remade the song, right? The song was written by Leon Ware. Leon Ware. Leon Ware denied that the song was about sex, but I'm like, listen. Listen. I know sex when I hear sex. Okay. <laughs> The song was called Inside My Love, right? I mean, it's about sex. Right. Who, who was the original singer of that song? I have no idea. Minnie Ripperson, right? <gasps> Minnie! Minnie was in Rotary Connection. In what? that group back in the 70s. Yeah, she was in that group before she went off and did her own thing. So was, is she on that song that she was Is she on this one? Um, I'm not. Let me see. Let me see here. Let me see. Blah, skim blah. it. Skim it. Skim it. I got to skim it. I got to see if she's even on here. She she might have been. I don't want to assume. Right. But, you know, let me say it's sex. You know, like how back in the day. Yeah. People were changing and out of groups. Right. Like, you know, forget this. I'm solo. Right. Ah. <laughs> Ooh, man. I wanna. I wanna assume, but yeah. Shout out to uh, Maya Rudolph. Your mom was awesome. Um, <laughs> shout out. Shout out to you. You know what I'm saying? So like, I wish I could say like, yo. I'm the black of the sun. The people who are like, have self hatred in terms of the skin that they're in. You know, like especially among like. Around like black folks that I know, like people who, you know, the people who are like bleaching their skin in, in Jamaica and some places, some countries within Africa, right. you know. Some, somebody said um, there were continents in Africa. I'm not going to point that name out, but no, Africa has countries, okay? Right. Let's <laughs> not, not be ignorant with that. I was right, Raven Simone said that. She was like, yeah, yeah. there's continents. I'm like, I never forgot oh. that. I was like, why? Why did they give you the mic? Why, Raven? <laughs> I'm like, ah. Uh. But yeah, so... You see these different things happening. And, like, you know, you have, like, what happened to Sammy Sosa. You know, he said what he said about it. But, I look, listen, you can't go from being her complexion, you know what I mean, to being this complexion of this table, right. you know, like like that. Like that. It doesn't happen with age unless you have, like, Freud Aligo. Right. And even then, that's a diagnosis. You know, like. Like, with every culture that exists out there, I mean, I think it's cool enough to, to take pride in who you are and your ethnicity and the skin that you're in and your melanin. Right. You know, and I wish like there was there were ways to do that, which is why I'm glad that we're doing this episode. Agreed. Because we need to have people sharing their stories. Like in terms of you, you tell you're sharing your experiences with self-love and why self-love is important. You know how you can use simple things of just looking in the mirror to dispel those moments of self-doubt. Right. Now, here's a question for you. What's that? Um, do you have a mantra? I have many. And do they help? Boom, double-edged question. 
My greatest mantra is that quote, it is impossible to shame a woman who's unashamed. I chant it because there's still a lot of self-doubt that lives in me as far as my capabilities. Everything, like I said, that I've been working on has been by accident. So without a, a clear sense of direction, it feels scary because you don't know which way that you're going. You just know that you're floating. And I just tell myself that it is okay to float. You know, we put a lot of pressure on, you have to know what you're doing, next step, and this and third. And it's just like, well, nobody ever, nobody ever fucking knows. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. you could put all this pressure to do so. I get dressed, I get on the bus, I pop up where I'm going, and then at the last minute that place is closed, okay, I have to go somewhere else. Like, you know, you can plan, 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 but it doesn't mean it's going to happen. So you just have to, like, really know how to be able to take the rolls and the punches, if you will, but not be ashamed of the way that you come out on top of that. So that's one of them that I have. And I run down a list of all the things that I personally feel like I'm trying to pour into myself. I write on my water bottles. That's something that I do. I feel like um, there are a lot of power in words and that there's a lot of vibration in them as well. So depending on certain words or certain affirmations that I need for the day, you know, I'll wake up in the morning feeling my spirit, pull something that I need from the day. If I feel like I need patience, you know, sometimes you wake up in the morning like, you know what, I'm I'm pissed off. You don't know why you're so short with everything. You knock something over, you can't find this and this, that, and third. So on my water bottle for the day to say, I may say, I am patient, like, you know, and realize that that spell, if you will, doesn't ignite until I finish this water bottle. But every time that I'm sipping from it, I'm imagining, envisioning my patience. Like, you know, when someone tests me, I'm imagining my responses. They're not going to be aggressive and they're not going to be frustrated. And, you know, because I'm already, I already know what I met the day with, but it doesn't mean that's what I have to close the day with. So... The patience one, I use that often mm-hmm. <laughs> because I don't necessarily feel like I'm very patient. Okay. But a lot of people are patient with me. So that's how I know that, okay, then I can't exhibit it because we are reflections of each other. You know, like I'll spend my day like rattled and frazzled because I have my, I deal with my own set of anxiety mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But whenever I'm, I'm going through like an anxious spell, I see other people being patient with me. So it reminds me, it resets me to be that way with myself. Okay. Can't do that with anybody else. Yes, yeah. And that is also a method of loving yourself, giving yourself time. Time. You give everybody else time. Give yourself some time. You know, that boyfriend that you've been dealing with for years, putting up with all his stuff, you giving him time to get it together. So give yourself some time. Just give myself some time. Or realize like it's cool. Like, you know, I feel like time is a conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the most um anxiety-ridden social constructs that is, like, really plagued by the pharmaceutical company. I know I'm crazy. But I believe that this is a way for them to tote medicine and stuff like that into us. It kind of, like, keeping us anxious to be in certain places designated at certain times. Or if something were to happen to you and it's unfavorable, you were at the right place at the wrong time. And there's no way to gauge what's right and what's wrong. Like, you know, like, I'm just here, I'm present, and once you remain in that sense of presentness, anything that happens, you understand it happens for a reason. There's no good, there's no bad, there's no indifference. It just happens. And then once you have the tools, I feel like, oops, once you have the tools to heal yourself, mm-hmm. whatever, I don't even want to call it damage. Think of it like a, a slab of limestone. You know, life or experiences are chiseling away at you, but, yeah, they feel really abrasive at first, but then there's this massive piece hidden under there that's just looking to come out. And, like, it's, it's a work in progress. I saw this quote 
on Instagram, it's like, you are allowed to be a work in progress and a masterpiece simultaneously. And I'm like, yeah, you are. Like, you, there's no sense of perfection. This time doesn't exist, you know? It doesn't matter. You could be 105 years old before your album pops. If anything, if you were an okay rapper at 30, 105, you might actually be lit. Like, you know, it's like, wow, he's still rapping. Buy his album. But these are the same raps that you were rapping. And this, you're almost like, uh. Right. Is that an ad lib? No, I'm in the bathroom. You're doing a cat daddy. Cat daddy. Oh, I forgot about that dance. He got the bars. That's so funny. Yep. Hashtag bars. So you're taking time out. So meditation helping? Every morning. Boom. Every morning. Meditation is a practice that I've been seasoning into my life because I haven't been able to figure out how to quiet my mind, which is the whole point of meditation. But guess what? It's a practice. You have to apply it in order to get better at it. It's also like any other sport or football. And one day, I wanted to say maybe about a week ago, I was meditating I was sitting in the sunlight in my room, had my eyes closed, which, or sometimes they're open, and that's called sun gazing. So, like, I'm gazing into the sun, and I happened to see this really vibrant red and orange, like, color swoop in and out while I'm meditating. Now, at that point, that had never happened to me before. So, I was just, like, I felt this smile. I normally try to, like, that's where my meditation, like, does that. I try to control all these factors, but this one time, I just let it go. I'm smiling and I'm happy. I don't understand why I'm so happy, but I'm like, whoa, I quieted my mind. I had so much going on this day too, but I can enjoy what I'm experiencing and what I'm seeing. And I felt so refreshed. My spirit, I got up from there. I was like, whoa, I just felt like I took a nap and woke up again. And th- that just allowed me to, okay, I can deal with these orders and these refunds now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I can say, <laughs> I can, Hey, girl, sorry about that. You know, your practice is on the way out today, this and the third. Like, you know, I, I was able to reset in dealing with everyone else around me and also understanding that, okay, I'm really thankful for this moment in the space that I could take to step away. So other people, are they don't take those moments. Some people do with a sense of mindfulness, but not everybody's taking them. So it also allowed me to have compassion when somebody else is like, you know, you call Sprint, you call you smoke, and somebody's like barking at you on the phone. It's just like, you know what? You just sound like you need to go meditate. I understand. People yell at you all day, ask you to, you know, push their bills back. It's frustrating, you know, but it's also manageable. And meditation has definitely been something that helps me with that. I turn on a cool little video on YouTube. Nobody's paying me, so I don't have anybody to promote right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm just kidding. But no, um, I turn on a nice, like, meditation sound video. Um, Sounds are really helpful for me. Rainfall, water, any place that I envision myself true and happy. So my spirit, I'm a self-proclaimed free spirit. And I used to tell people, hear crazy stuff when people going through crazy phases as teenagers. And um, or you see the younger generation, and I see all these hashtags free spirit, and I'm just like, you have to know your spirit in order to free it. Like you have to be able to identify it, not just in myself, but looking at all the other people and reflections around me. It's just like, okay, I can accept this of you because I know I do it, and I know the space that it comes from. You know, there's some people out there, crazy attitudes, but you know what? I love them. I love them still. I can accept that because. It's a reflection. Sometimes when I'm in my little spunk and say, I got one too, I can honor that in you. I see it for what it is. I don't take anything personal. It's one of the four, the 
four agreements, like yes. the first one. <laughs> Never yeah, take anything personal. And that's something that is definitely a mantra I use a hundred times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a reminder. It checks the ego. Yes, indeed. Checks the egos. Nope, it's not about me. Sprint's not yelling at me. They're yelling at the 500 people that called them today. <laughs> right. You know, sorry. Sucks to be you. However, my phone, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and then you just address the issue for what it is and you let it go. The business still gets done. Business still gets handled. And you don't have to break a sweat. Indeed. And mental power, man. That's what it is. Mental power. Mental power. I don't work out, but I definitely work my mind out. <laughs> well, I'm lying. I work out now. Yep. I'm working now. Nice. I do 500 crunches a day. I mean, lies. Squats a day. 500 squats a day. Mm-hmm. And different reps. This also helps during that meditation time. That's when I zone out. Wow. Yeah. I break it down like 50 reps. Bless your life. Whew. Bless your I'm life. working on this 2018 mom bod. <laughs> mom bod appreciation. Shout out to you. I'm working on my uh, podcaster bot. Yo, it's going to be fire. Yep. You know <laughs> sit it. They you sit see. behind a mic bot. Oh, no doubt you going to see all this behind a microphone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but that's good. I mean, it's different ways for you to, you know, exercise, get energy rolling. Yeah, it feels great. I didn't believe it when um, you would hear people say, you'll feel much better after you start moving. Mm-hmm. I'm in pain, I'm sad, I'm depressed, you know? But it, that gave me something else to focus on instead of my depression or my sadness or whatever it was that I was feeling for today. And whenever I start to feel like I'm getting caught up, even in, like, you know, on my timeline, see a whole bunch of politics or a whole bunch of stuff I don't like, mm-hmm. put my phone down, get up, grab something, wait it, some textbooks, some books, you know, do some squats. Like, if I can't control anything else, this is what I can work on, you know, like this is how I can delegate my time and not just feel like, okay, I have this pressure. Oh, I have to get up earlier, sleep late, go to the gym, descend it there. No, I added it to my daily practice. I added it to my daily practice where it's always feeling like it's moving and working in my best favor all the times where I don't feel like I have to tap out and then work on myself and then tap back in. I feel like it's a balance. It's definitely a balance. I'll be in the kitchen twerking while cooking breakfast. Shout out to twerking and breakfast. <laughs> like, you know, it helps with cardio. Then it helps with lower back pain. The next thing you know, like, I'm dancing in the kitchen cooking breakfast. Who isn't happy while they listen to their favorite songs in the morning? Luther Vandross, you ever twerk to Luther Vandross? I can't. I've a never tried to twerk. is still a chair. <laughs> yeah, if you twerk to that song, that is, that is a <laughs> gift. Yeah, you... That is a gift to see anybody. If I ever see a woman twerking the Luther Vandross's chair is still a chair, I'm proposing to you on the spot. I'm buying you a ring. I'm throwing in 40 acres in the mule. You're getting everything you're supposed to get. Reparations. All right, I ain't supposed to pay that, but damn, you finna get that. That is so funny. You, you know deserve what I'm it, girl. You deserve it. You just, this my sponsor, my twerk to Lena Baker's right. rapture. I'm about to throw all it out, yo. I'm gonna risk it all. It's like, yes. That's how you make make America great again. Just start working to Anita Baker Rhapsody. Make the world great again. Indeed. So before we get on up out of here, you know, oh. um, we have I have a question for you. I have a question. Okay, a question because yes, um, it's like no doing our own <laughs> doing our old conversations, right? I've come to discover, discover. that Lady Erin the Melt here um, is a fan. I don't know why I'm clenching my chest like this, but whatever, <laughs> yo. 
Um, it was, it, it looked mad weird, but I had, I, had, I had to handle each pack. It was, you know, but was, you know, but whatever. I'm just acting out my my great. voice. Thank you very much. A question for you, Lady of Mel. You have a record collection. Oh, you're going to be so mad. Oh, my God. You're going to be so mad. I'm rebuilding my collection. I lost a great deal of it. It was in storage, like, when I was moving. And, like, a whole bunch of stuff got, like, cracked and weather damaged and molded. And, like, I lost. A great deal in my collection. Okay, listen here, right? Like you didn't. It wasn't like you like you broke it on purpose and no, like, nothing like that. It's that was that was it wasn't your fault. It's not your fault, you know. Okay, it's my life. A yeah. series of unfortunate events. Little Lemony Snicket. Is that is the name? Like unfortunate events. Yeah, here we go. Shout out to Lemony Snicket one time because Snicket ain't he's not even a real person, but he took a shout out anyway. You big nose bastard. I read that book. Oh my you, god. Mean to those kids. They ain't deserve that from you, bro. So like, right. <laughs> sorry, got I got mad. I don't like lemony like that. Yo, it's just destructive. Um, but I will say this: with your record collection, right, that you had, and then you're a fan of jazz. Yes. What's your favorite jazz album? My favorite jazz album. This is oh, gonna be hard. Time out. Yeah, I, got, I got drums in the background walking past where I am right now, and I'm like, yo, what is this like coming to America with Zamunda? <laughs> I'm like, yo. I'm just gonna sit here real quick. Let them do their thing. Definitely not gunshots. We're in Center City. Yeah, if they got it, not gunshots. Yes, we are in Center City. Yeah, here we go. That's why I get jiggy with it one time. What? 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 So I bust a mean freestyle. Uh. Who likes chicken sandwiches? Uh. I like chicken. Oh, all right, they're done. <laughs> oh yeah. So back to you and your and your, uh, your jazz, right? Oh my goodness, I have so many. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna. I can't even like go down. I have to go down artists like first, like Herbie Hancock, and then Warren, like G, not G. Um, what's his name? Henson. He's a bassist. And then we have that's a personal family friend of mine. Then we have uh, Coltrane, John Coltrane. My son is named after John Coltrane. Nice. And Alice, the other day I was like really getting into her discography and I was just like, whoa, whoa. Like I had listened to it growing mm-hmm. up. Oh, oh my God, this is where we go. We're going to talk about music. I could be here for another 30 minutes. Like I listened to her growing up, but mm-hmm. now being like the idea one day wanting to become a wife. Now I'm a mom and stuff like that. I'm just like, whoa, I got I to gotta get back in the booth. I got to start writing and stuff like that. So we're, we're definitely there. And um um, who else can I just pull out of a hat? Oh my God, you put me on a spot. Next time I'm going to make you send me all these questions first so I can give you years, dates, and all this stuff. Good. I, <laughs> this is mom life for me. When's the last time I was able to even play a record? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Like, I'm going to go home and have to break out the, <laughs> the four I still got. Yes. All of my funk albums are still at the house, though. Oh, good, yeah. good. So I that's like... My necessary. favorite genre is funk. So, yeah. Okay. Yep. My favorite genre is funk and Bootsie Collins and Parliament and. No more Bootsie Collins, okay? What yeah. do you know about Bootsie Collins, okay? I mean, my whole idea of loving like black exploitation, like the whole feel and energy and sensuality of like life lived and breathed in this funky music 
intergalactic. We have Sun Ra. Like, Sun Ra is at the top of that list as far as, like, Afrofuturistic jazz musicians Mm -hmm. and things of that nature. Like, I... And all of these vibes and feelings, I feel like, translate into my writing, into, like, my whole energy of, like, life. Like, they're alive and they're electric, but they're also very black. Like, you know, I have very black experiences. And just, like, the music that I'm just so influenced by, the same thing. It doesn't make sense. It feels otherworldly. Like, you know, but it's composed. And not only is it composed, like... It's composed the hell out of it. <laughs> like, you know, and everything has a piece, a moving part, and they stand on their own. Like, you know, you can remove, I wouldn't know why you would want to remove a bass line from a song, but it still have a life. Like, you know, yeah. like, but the bass line's really what holds it down. So I just think, like, Tiana was such a good question. You know what I mean? Living in memory lane back when I was baby free and I could just sit in my room and smoke weed and <laughs> play my. Let me tell you something now. See, 45s. She's talking all this 45s and funk stuff. This is almost about to have you creep back into them DMs. All over again <laughs> because this, this, this is, is how we started talking music. How, yep, yep, music. See, it's how. Music and writing. Yep. That yeah. is hilarious. You don't understand. She's talking about, as soon as you mentioned uh, Boozy Collins, I said, wait Whoa? a minute. What I said, you doing, know about? I said, hey, wait a, a minute. A little bit of everything. I put my old man hat on. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking Excuse me. Hey, I'm doing a little sidestep. Hey, girl, what's going on there? Boosie Collins. You know about Parliament. that That is so funk. funny. My first boyfriend, that was like, that was our thing. We were like obsessed. Mm-hmm. And that became like an obsession within itself. Like the fact that we were obsessed with the music. And I was just like, okay. Someone's got to give. <laughs> you or the music. And I let him go. So. Gotta keep the music. Man. Yeah, I've gotta keep the music always. That is a life setter. Not even a mood setter. It's a life setter. It's a goal. It's a feeling. It's a mood. I'm I'm in my feelings, I'm cutting something off. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like please. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm feeling the feeling the vibe here. It's, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's gotta go home, yeah, like got some it. incense, some palo santo. I got incense in the crib right now. Yep. On the way. Duty on down the block for me. He sells me every Saturday. Sweet. I got a big bundle joints in the crib. I'm going to have to come pick some up because I'm running low. Yo, I got you. <laughs> I got you. You know what I mean? That's one thing I love about Philly. You sit somewhere in the corner long enough, somebody going to ask you if you want some incense, some oils, <laughs> some something. Yeah, I bought the incense. <laughs> the oils are ruining my clothes, yo. Yeah. Listen. You're not supposed to put oil on your clothes. You put but, it on. Like, yeah, but they don't understand that. People be like, yeah, oh. put it right here. I'm like, yo, don't, don't put it on the cuff of my shirt, man. Just like, you drawing on joint. my clothes? Yeah. Walk around six months later smelling like um, amber white joints. I'm like. I love amber white. I love amber white. Smell like that. Remember, I had like my uncle, yo, like, he got me Michael Jordan cologne as an oil. I smelled <laughs> like Michael Jordan. <laughs> All throughout my sixth grade year. Oh man! Even no matter how many. Oh my god! I, I showered. <laughs> I showered. I like did the hard scrubs. That is so funny. You no, know, it just never come off. Will never come off. You ever watch Ace Ventura? He's crying in the shower. <laughs> I did that. I'm like, won't come off. It won't come I off. Smell like I smell Jordan. like Michael Jordan. I smell like Michael Jordan. But cologne. I still don't have his powers. <laughs> I ain't got nothing. <laughs> It's like dying. Toss them. Get the get the shoes. The shoes ain't yeah. work. The oils oils ain't working either. <laughs> shoes ain't work. Oils ain't it work. Worked. This brand fake. I bought a jersey, B. <laughs> right. Where's my jumpers? And it's just like using the little sneaky bra thing that's supposed to. 
put the the little things over your areolas and draw a string. The the bra, the bra, backless and strapless bras that be on Instagram, they don't work, but people buy them just because. I never see them, but look them up. <laughs> on Lord. Pinterest, on Tumblr. Hey, what's this? It's not worth it. Rawless, strapless bras. It's called Sneaky, Sneaky Vaunt. Sneaky Vaunt. Google it. Walk around. I got I got a sneaky draws. How about that? Just... Oh, Lord. <laughs> no sneakiness. Sneaky. No more sneaky. Hey, girl, I got those sneaky draws on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that'd be a nice little... Like, maybe they'd be like uh, partner sets where the girl has a nice little Velcro crotch or something. This is perfect for couples or something going out. And you guys are like in the back of the club. I'm not promoting any of this because you will be ticketed for lewd and sexual, you know, conduct. In but person. you will. However, but in, in your you're mind, you're all adults, <laughs> right? Yes. You're all adults, but the sneaky, sneaky draws. Sneaky draws. It just allows you easy access. Yes. Patent it. Patent it, and also to bring it full circle, wearing sneaky draws would definitely promote self love. Yeah. In the club. Make love in this club. That's right. Can you Make dig love. it? Shout out to Ursha. You know Ursha. what I mean? Ursha. Peace up. Peace A-Town down. Doot, doot. Oh, let me do that stomp dance, man. All right, so <laughs> I know we got... A forget. party. Oh, my God. I love that, man. That song was my joint back in the day. I was Mine like too. a sophomore in college. Oh, I was the young buck. Yeah, I'm telling my age again. <laughs> yeah, it was Hey, yeah, back. That song was good. But, um, yeah, uh, last but not least, special break. Uh, this episode is finna be uh, done in a minute. So before we get up out of here, I want to allow Miss Erin Amell here to give uh, shout-outs to promote your brand, your uh-huh. books, your shirts, your assistant, the coffees. Yeah, that's what, oh, my God, I love coffee. So if anybody ever wants to, you know, make a girl happy, Always give mom coffee. If she doesn't like coffee, she'll love tea. Got it. So um, I just wanted to take this moment to thank you for inviting me to your amazing podcast. Thank I've been you. dying again and to speak with you. So this has been a, a wonderful opportunity. I have cool plugins. I do not know where to even start. If you, darn it, social media is sometimes like whatever. So we're going to go with Instagram. It's, my Instagram is... Erin Amellism, that's the handle. It's E-R-Y-N-A-M-E-L-I-S-M. And that is essentially the study of Erin Amell, which I break down a lot of issues as far as like colorism, body positivity, womanism, and self-love and self-care. And it's a journey over there. I'm not selling anything that I'm not doing. As I said before, it's a joke, but selling as far as just like putting these ideas out, not necessarily selling anything. I also have a business page, which is where my online shop is. And on that shop, I have cool things like, you know, accessories and uh, wine glasses and pens and journals and stationery and boutique stuff. It's so cool to be able to talk about this, (laughs) just to be able to talk about it. Because like um, we mentioned in the beginning, I literally started from a T-shirt. So we have one T-shirt that I didn't even have stocked in my house to now actually being able to have all of these products, which everything, I'm a, like I said, mompreneur, so everything goes into not only just building the foundation for me and my 
son who is also a son of color. <laughs> but definitely it goes back into the community tenfold as I donate a lot of my time and resource and often percentage of sales to organizations and women's shelters around the city. Um, I don't know. Talking about myself just feels so like, I don't know. Your introduction was just so good. Right. Oh, yeah. I have two books. My first published, they're both self-published, but my first published um, piece is entitled Woke, and that's a book of poetry and prose about womanhood, femininity, sexuality, sensuality, um, self-love, self-care, a lot of awesome things. It's literally a compiled, like, open diary of five years of work um, before I had my son. And my second book is entitled Moon Matter, which breaks down the process of the fourth trimester, which happens to be after you give birth. <laughs> so the first year after baby and a lot of my um, open ideas and um, hypotheses about, about motherhood, especially motherhooding from the woman of color perspective and actually conscious parenting. That's another thing that I talk about on my Instagram, just with the idea of being extremely mindful and thinking of our children first and from the perspective perspective, excuse me, of our childhood and giving our children a love that they do not have to heal from. So check all those things out. I love to connect. So like, you know, that's how we <laughs> linked up. So feel free to hit me up. I see everything. And yeah, I'm just glad to be here. Gratitude is the attitude. Yes. And again, for those who want to get the shirts, I want to say the name again. <laughs> I like the spell. There it goes. E R Y N A M E L S H O P P E dot Big Cartel dot com. Now, I don't might want to spell Big Cartel for you because if you're listening to this and you can spell your own name. Or guess what? Hmm? If you Google Aaron Amell, all of that comes out. See? See that? That's why I love Google. You use Google, okay? My Twitter, Instagram, and the Big Cartel. First three. First thing, things, ding, 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 and I didn't pay for that, so that's hard work. That's hard work. Your name pops up first, bong, bong. it's right there. Bonk. <laughs> right there. Also, um, again, I got to shout out to your assistant right now because yes. I'm saying something like in the corner, like she was doing like the bomb, like not really sign language, but kind of like sign language. No, she was she was holding it down, yeah, like she's she was. giving me my cue, like all right. Next, like no, 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 I was just kidding. She was definitely yeah. appraising me from the sides. Cassidy's amazing. Shout I to Cassidy. have a really great support system, and Cassidy comes all the way from New York to help me get my life together. MLC. And she's so amazing. I can text her after she leaves, like two, three days, be like, "Hey, did you see this?" And she's always right. <laughs> she's always right. Get you a Cassidy, y'all. I'm about to get me a Cassidy. You know what I'm saying? Because. Guys, because I'm the blessed. hand gestures, yo. You know, I, mean, I might be on a podcast. Forget a question. Harry in the background is doing like, like oh yeah, yeah. third game. You right, Wu Tang. You right, boom. <laughs> so, look, perfect. Let me guess. Okay, you from like from New York, right? I want to like you from Brooklyn, of course, because like I see Brooklyn on you. Of course, she's from Brooklyn. I saw all of you right there. The glasses, there. Yeah, yep. yeah. You Brooklyn, yo. Of course, she's from Brooklyn. Yeah, she's shout cute. Shout out to Brooklyn. I'm about to, you know, if y'all follow me on the gram, I definitely plug her in too because she's cute and she definitely is like my top supporter of my my home home store. I try to give her stuff for free and she's like, no, I'm gonna buy it. And I always want to strangle her, but she is my definitely my top supporter and I'm so thankful. Right? Right? That's nice, yo. F being nice, that is amazing. She doesn't have a kid. Like, 
it's one thing for someone to know that you are a giver and open and not take advantage of you and there because there's nothing but opportunity for anybody. You know, I posted something today on Instagram. He knows Black Friday. I already I put it out there. I gave everybody a deal and sale. I'm like, here are all the codes. I made a comment on one of my posts about possibly doing a giveaway of a same set that I'm selling, extremely discounted. And like how much people are like, yeah, you should give it away. I'm like, I technically am with the price. If you really wanted it, you'd buy it. But it's cool. Like that's something that I'm learning in business, which has made me more conscious and aware mm -hmm. as far as the, all the work that goes into other people in small business. And I'm really intentional about where I spend my money. You know, like it's it's been a wonderful process. It's I wouldn't change it for the world. It's definitely been a wonderful process. And it's also opened up the dialogue for when someone wants to reach out for free merchandise. I'm like, well, this is what goes into free merchandise. So I don't think anything's ever really free. <laughs> so Listen, if you come out with a shirt that says, you know, I want a, a you know, a Brewer Bay, you know what I mean, and a guy shirt, yo, let me know, and I'll cop that joint. I might have to get you one. I wear that shirt right now. <laughs> Just like rip off. You can't rip off Sade. No, wow. You know what I mean? Rip off the shirt. No, you're not that Sade joint, no. you know what I mean? But like a, a regular shirt, you know what I mean? Hanes. Hanes joint. Wow. I want a Brewer Bay, you know what I mean? With my sneaky drawers. I would have been like cause. that uh, Jordan, <laughs> that Jordan oil's working. <laughs> Oh, yeah, oh, man. With the shirt rip. Ah, <laughs> free me. Free meek. Oh, God, yeah, shout yeah. out to, yeah, get him out there, man. Yeah, free meek. Indeed, two to four years no, of no, success. No, 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 Two to four days is too long, so free yeah. meek. Wish him the best in there, man. It's coming. Indeed. It's coming. Change is going to come. We talked about it. That revolution, that sense of even self-love and self-worth is getting people to, to mount up together to realize this could be anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, these systems that are in place are just really long-term, like, fucked up. And we just need to knock down the whole foundation, like, shake the ground underneath some feet. Make some people uncomfortable, because we deserve. I love it. I'm here for it. Let's do it. I'm happy to see it. Indeed. So with that being said, we gave you food for applause. Oh, God, that was, I came out all of it so fire. <laughs> if I, my mouth didn't get all crazy with it, man. Pause. Like, <clears throat> let me start again. It's perfect. Boom. We just gave you some food for thought. Please get a plate. Um, this is the uh, 1984 Fly Dot Podcast. I am signing out. Have my lovely guest here, Aaron Amell. It was a pleasure. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you very much. Yes. And Cassie, you want to go on the mic? Okay. <laughs> I was going to put her on, too. Right. Cassidy from the 212. 212. Yo, she... <laughs> Actually, from the 718. 718. Oh, yes. <laughs> that is Brooklyn. Right, 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 right. It's cool because it was just New York. But she could have just took it. Said no, 718. A real New Yorker would be like, actually. <laughs> That's why she didn't say 718, son. Son B. Son. Go bananas, B. Go for B. <laughs> I know. I don't either. I used to say one all the time. All the time. I used to text it. That's how, like, girl, I'm older than you. <laughs> Shout out to Brooklyn, Marcy Project, son. All right, I just want to get that out the way. <laughs> Marcy. Marcy, son. What? Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, shout out to uh, Bedford Stuyvesant for the livest ones. Uh, and that's, what, that's what Biggie said in his record, so I got to pay homage that way. But yeah. Um, Brooklyn way. Brooklyn. And shout out to Yonkers, where you from. Mm -hmm. Yep, I read that too. You know I what I mean? I'm definitely from Yonkers, New York. So. She's from, she's from the Y.O. 914. I'm a fool. 
always that love I do know. how DMX would say, like, shout out Young. He's like, why, yo, home of the brave. Yo, yo. Holla at me, dog. I would bark like, but nah, I ain't playing myself. All right, so we. <laughs> I'll take it. All right, she did it. She did it, did it for the team, man. All right, so there we go. Shout out to Earl Simmons. Shout out to Earl Simmons, you know what I mean? That's hilarious. Stay out of jail, Earl, you my and, main man. And Mary J. Blige. Yep, and the locks. Yeah, everybody. Yep. And Lady Gaga. Word? Yeah. Snap. Yep, she lived up there when she's like 14, 15. Dang. Yeah. There was a movie, too, back in the day called Lost in Yonkers. But I'm yes. Gonna... There is. I watched it at this museum in Yonkers. I lived right off the Hudson River, so it was like mm-hmm. a whole bunch of cool stuff. I, at one point, was obsessed with learning the history of that place because it felt like a gray cloud was over, <laughs> over it, and I understand why there's a gray cloud. But just to, like the, the name was like a city, like, yo, this is called Yonkers. It's, it's like, like, no, that's bonkers. That's not real. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> it's a fake town. No, yeah. it's real. Yeah. Yeah, it's special. Yeah, I, I would agree, because I still don't understand what a yonker is. Yonk, yonk. <laughs> All right. Okay. We'll be out of here with that one, man. Yonk, yonk. All right. <laughs> All right, peace and love. Thanks for listening peace to the out. show. Peace and love. Shout out to everybody in here. Cassidy. All right, be out of here. <laughs> that was fun. Win!